Hello, Happy Christmas, reading from Luke chapter 2, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thanks, Neil, and uh, welcome, everyone. Good crowd out this morning. It's great uh, to see you. Um, uh, Nick and Christy send their love this morning. Um, Even though Nick's on holiday, uh, he's got roped into uh, preaching at his um, old family uh, church just out of uh, Tamworth, so um, he's going to be preaching the Christmas message to the uh, Anglican church that he uh, that he grew uh, grew up in. Um, I did a bit of a straw poll this morning to find out how long my sermon should be this morning, as to whether you wanted to go home, okay, or you wanted to stay here. Some of you are sheltering here. <laughs> Some of you are sheltering here uh, from in-laws um, so, <laughs> and want me to, you know, spend as long as I, you know, as long as I want. And I love to talk, so it will be uh, some time. Others of you um, do want to get home for presents. Um, I think I've said this before, but um, I grew up uh, in New Zealand um, with my family uh, first off, we never went to uh, church on Christmas Day because the church tradition I was in, we never had 
church on Christmas Day, whatever day that was, unless it was on a Sunday. So we opened our presents uh, first thing, you know, and we didn't have any uh, distractions from just full-on presents uh, from about 6 o'clock in the morning onwards. Um, when I married Leslie and got into uh, the Nathan side of the family and there was a church tradition of going to church and then uh, Leslie's got four brothers, one of who is here this morning and they were hungry so they went to church first, so no presents to start off with, so church first, then the boys were hungry so that meant lunch, so sometime mid-afternoon we'd finally get to open the present so it was quite a bit of uh, uh, getting used to so I don't know whether any of you have a tradition like that um, I, uh, I scored big in that I got my present last night look at that look at that hat I've been wanting for a long time to get a hat to, to equal Neil's Neil's has, Neil has actually got two hats an old one that he uses an older Cobra and then he's got that fairly new one and he always looks very swish in it and I sort of, what do you think? doesn't really go with a t-shirt but um, yeah, no. Um, thank you to my girls, uh, thank you to my girls for that. And okay, we're talking this morning about the innkeeper and it made me... Um, uh, it made me think, I think Deb put it up maybe 10 days ago on Facebook, something about the innkeeper. And, what, and, what, and the innkeeper doesn't actually, is, is a made-up character. The only, the only reference we have to a, possible, um, uh, to a possible innkeeper is in Luke chapter 2, where it appears as though there was no room in the inn. And so we've developed this whole story or this whole background about this innkeeper. But it works in well with what I want to talk about this morning is, um, as an innkeeper, if, we, if you want to just take the analogy a little bit uh, further, where are the innkeepers and what do we do with Jesus? Okay, in the case of um, Mary and Joseph, uh, they had to go back to their... Uh, they had to go back um, to the place of uh, Joseph's uh, birth to be part of a census. And uh, that happened all over the country. And so accommodation was um, at a premium. And so uh, Mary and Joseph rock up, and I would imagine that they were greeted, um, they were greeted by an innkeeper and the innkeeper sees um, uh, Joseph, sees Mary heavily pregnant, uh, obviously about to give birth, and his decision was, uh, rather than to give up his own um, sleeping quarters or his own living quarters, um, his idea was to put them out the back. Okay, And we all know it's not uh, a nice little warm manger, you know, with a fire and a and, you know, uh, very interested cows and sheep and horses looking on, you know, and uh, all that sort of thing in a nice manger full of lovely straw. It's probably a lot worse than that. And so Mary and Joseph um, uh, had to um, sleep there. They had to give... Mary had to give birth there. So what I want you to imagine this morning, just for a little while, 
um, is each of us is an innkeeper who decides if there is room for Jesus. And the analogy is, is there room for Jesus in your life? And so we need to think about, well, what claims do, um, uh, does Jesus make both for himself and uh, for ourselves, on our lives? What claim does he put on our lives? And really when you think about it, he changed the world. Not the way the Jews wanted. They wanted a... Uh, they were quite happy um, for him to be a baby, but they wanted him to grow up and to be... Um, an amazing political figure or an amazing military figure and he was neither of those. His idea and God's idea because he was God was to change people from the inside out. If he had come as a political leader, if he had come as a military leader, how big would his influence have been? It would have been very minimal And he would be um, just a sideline to history. But instead of that, he changed the world from the inside out and he split time in half. So we divide our time, uh, our history, with before Christ and after Christ. It's quite incredible. Whether you believe Jesus or not, and uh, Deb talked a little bit on Sunday about the timing and so on, you know, being just a few years um, in or out in terms of when Jesus was actually born. But we actually divide uh, time by uh, the birth of Jesus. And uh, this morning uh, on Christmas Day, December the 25th every year, we celebrate him as a baby and it's quite safe. It's quite safe for us to do that, isn't it? Especially if we're not a believer, we're, we're pretty happy with Jesus as a baby. But in four months or so, at Easter time, we worship him again and we think of him again as much more than that. And we think of the sacrifice and uh, that he made on the cross. We think about the resurrection. We think about this baby that's turned into this man and he's turned us inside out he started from the inside his whole reason for his sacrifice and his resurrection was to change us from the inside and therefore to change the world some of you this morning might think well did he really exist well it appears and I've read this somewhere and I'm sure you've heard it before that there's more evidence for Jesus' birth, life and resurrection than there is for Alexander the Great, who was a, um, uh, who was a general who uh, conquered a lot of the known world at that time. He wasn't quite a contemporary of Jesus, but pretty close. We all believe in Alexander the Great. So there's more evidence to suggest that Jesus lived and died and rose again than there is... The, that Alexander the Great lived. So um, I think we need to take his claims for who he was seriously. 
but in his grace and mercy to us, um, God, in the form of Jesus, lets us put him in the back shed. And I don't know about some of you blokes with uh, sheds and so on. I'm fairly handy, but I'm not as real good at looking after my tools. I'm not real good in terms of uh, keeping track of what I've got in my shed. And I've always got to go looking for it out in the shed and it's, and it's dusty. Okay, you know, tools are dirty usually. I can't find what I'm looking for. So is that where we put Jesus? We put him out the back. In the case of, the, of um, Jesus, he was put in the stable and he was put in the tool shed in terms of getting ready for um, his birth. And my tools will often sit in, the, sit in there for ages and then I've got to uh, find them or, and I perhaps only get them out when I need them, you know. So I needed them the other day to fix the... After the front, our front door not closing for about six months properly, I finally got my chisels out and, you know, changed the, uh, changed the lock and so on on the, uh, on the front door. So now our front door closes. Okay. All right. But I had to go looking for my tools. They were dusty. They were dirty. I couldn't remember where I put them. So for most of the time, all those useful things, I could have fixed that door months ago, but um, I just couldn't bear going out to the shed to try and find the tools that I had. Okay. All right, so the thing is, we've got this Jesus who's making claims about being the saviour and making claims that um, he wants to change the world from the inside out, from the inside of our hearts, taking our souls and our spirits and changing that and thereby changing the world. So I want to challenge you this morning as to where you put him. Okay, and if you're dropping off to sleep right now, hopefully, maybe sometime today, you'll just contemplate uh, the role of Jesus in your life. To what extent is he just stuck in your back shed? Stuck out the back, like the innkeeper's uh, decision to put uh, that family out the back. So I want to—I sp- want you to spend some time today, however long it will be, just thinking about the true meaning of Christmas. And it's not giving, and it's not having fun with your family. It's Yes, it's all of those things, but the real reason that we celebrate Christmas and we give gifts um, is because those wise men, probably a couple of years, are really interesting history lesson too, by the way, Debt, on Sunday, about uh, how long it was before the wise men turned up. But we give presents at Christmas time because those wise men understood, even though they were from a different tradition, a a different religion, they understood that something very special was happening in the land of Israel. And they came with presents for the baby Jesus and that's why we give presents today. That's where the uh, tradition comes from. 
But he's actually got a present to give to you. He's got a present to give to you through his life, his teaching, his uh, um, crucifixion, through his resurrection. He has turned our mortal lives into, or he's given us the uh, opportunity to take our mortal lives and make them immortal. Say that again. He's taken our mortal lives and given us the opportunity to spend eternity with him. And not only that, but he's given us the opportunity uh, to live a life with him now. And uh, Deb so thoughtfully was praying this morning for those of you, those of us who have lost loved ones, who at Christmas time maybe um, you're feeling lonely. Maybe you're suffering from depression. Maybe today you've come to this service under sufferance. Maybe you're angry. Jesus can be all things to all people. We often have that saying, you know, all things to all people. There's only one person that can really do that, and that's Jesus. So if you're feeling lonely, depressed, angry, grieving, maybe you're sick this morning, you need Jesus. Maybe it's not a state of mind, but maybe you've always wanted a brother. You've always wanted a loving father. You've always wanted a best friend. And maybe even you've tried everything in this world to fill a hole in your life. You've tried, uh, you've tried money. Maybe you've tried drugs. Maybe you've tried alcohol. Maybe you've tried all sorts of things to fill a gap in your life. It's, it's very hard to quantify, but there's something in your life. There's something missing. And that something missing is the spiritual side of things. Yes, we've got a physical body. <clears throat> we've got an emotional side to our brain. <clears throat> but we've also got a spiritual side. And nothing can fill that. Nothing can fill um, that void except Jesus. Jesus is the only one of the um, uh, founders of historical religions that actually sacrificed his life and rose again. As I say, there, there's ample evidence uh, for that. He's the only one that's made claims on your life saying, Come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. Come to me if you want a new life. Come to me if you want a plan for your life, if you want some direction. So what we need to do, or what do we need to do, is just a simple believing prayer this morning. So if you're feeling some of those emotions that I've talked about this morning, if you're feeling the need for real family 
this morning. Jesus is waiting. You might have put them out in the back shed, but it's time to get them out. Okay. Get them out of that box you've got them in. Get them out of that uh, dusty shed. Get back uh, to reading his word. He needs, and for those of us who have been Christians for a while, it's a lifelong struggle to stop putting Jesus back in the shed. It's a lifelong struggle to, uh, but with God's help, we can do it and make him front and centre. just want to read, just as I finish up this morning, uh, just a few verses from uh, Colossians. And this is an apostle, um, uh, Paul, writing this. And this is what he writes about Jesus. And he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him and in him all things hold together. If Jesus wasn't holding this universe together right now, we would be in a complete mess. And he is the head of the body, the church, that's us. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So that's what we want most this Christmas, isn't it, is peace. And not so much, or certainly it would be an amazing thing to have peace on earth, but ultimately we want peace inside ourselves. We want to feel peace. We want to feel that we don't have to worry. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to be uh, depressed. We don't have to be sick. And what does he ask of us? Yes, a, a simple believing prayer. But in that believing prayer, what you've got to do is you've got to say, is you've got to give up control of your life. We all like to be in control. I like to be in control. Okay, I made a big thing about uh, Jesus being the CEO of my business. But I keep forgetting. Every day I forget that I'm the one not in charge. Okay, so what we've got to do, and it's really hard to do, is we've got to say, hey, I'm giving up control of my life to you, Lord. To you, Lord Jesus. I'm giving my life over to you. And what Jesus says in his word is, if you give up your life for me, you will get an amazing life in return. I will give it straight back to you, but this time I, Jesus, am in control. And you will, and I have a plan for you. Jesus says again and again, I have a plan for goodness for your life. I have a plan to make your life as fulfilling as it possibly can be. And it's something that we can't do by ourselves. We've got to handed over so 
if we can do that and in a simple prayer give our lives to the Lord and as I say it's an ongoing thing even for us that are Christians it's an ongoing prayer that we pray every day Lord take control of my life today but if you have never done that it's just a simple believing prayer saying Lord I'm sick of this hole in my life I'm, I'm sick of the way that I feel it's just not right my plans for my life control of my life just not going the way I want I want to hand that over to you I want to acknowledge that you came you were born but you grew up and you were God in Jesus and that you gave your life for me on the cross and you rose again to overcome all the bad things that are happening in my life now and I want to give my life to you and it's as simple as that let's pray Lord, we thank you for this very special day, one of the big two or three days in the Christian calendar. Thank you, Lord, that we get to celebrate it every year. But, Lord, you don't want it just to be a one-day celebration. You want it to be a daily celebration of understanding who you are of us giving our lives to you afresh every day lord and you will give us the best life we possibly can uh, we can possibly have uh, in return and we thank you for that and lord the most amazing thing is that we get to spend eternity with you we have no fear of death when it comes so lord we praise you for that we thank you that you as a baby grew up, that you wanted to spend time with us. You spent 33 years with us, Lord, really um, as, as, a God, as God in human form. And we thank you for that and praise you for that and for all that you have done for us and will continue to do for us. We ask this in your name. If you've been blessed and encouraged by this message, we'd love for you to become a part of the Ask Baptist family. Log on to ycbc.church to find out more.